A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The truth is the most convincing story that maps onto reality that's why the central narrative is falling apart. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. We must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Tuesday, April 18th, 2023, the 818th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't, or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms. And of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. Okay, so yesterday we discussed binary thinking in relation to Donald Trump in response to the claim that we support Donald Trump and defend Donald Trump out of an emotional reaction, our loyalty to Trump, our obsession with Trump, our cult-like following of our leader, Donald Trump, that we would defend him in any case. We would ignore any flaws he might have or mistakes he might make to the point where we will no longer look at the reality of Donald Trump and what he's doing. We won't realize that he does things that we don't like. And when he does something we don't like, we should be screaming it from the rooftops. And by doing so, we would let other people know that we were serious people, seriously engaged with what's going on and analyzing every single bit of it, marking things down that are good and bad, and then looking at all the bad things and realizing, hey, Trump's not as good as we think. Now, it's possible that that does describe some people who are in our movement in some way. There's no doubt that there are people like that. There are certainly many of them on the left. There are certainly many of them who are still addicted to the central narrative. They are 
committed to politics as usual and the incentive and punishment structure in the public sphere that goes along with that. They believe that they can profit from this system, that the system can never be changed. The system is what it is. We can't expect all that much. The best thing to do is look out for ourselves and our own power within that system, even if it means the system continuing indefinitely. And to do this, of course, they ignore a fake pandemic. They ignore stolen elections. They ignore all the rest of these problems and continue to support the structure as it exists because they cannot bring themselves to fully support Donald Trump, even though he is the one best prepared to bring down that system. You see, they're not focused on the system and bringing the system down. They're not focused on the system that actually does oppress the people of this world. Even if you are very well off within that system, you are still not part of the club. And eventually all of this will touch you too. But they ignore this. They made it through COVID. Maybe they got in some arguments. It's not as serious as you people think. These vaccines are unsafe. And I'm glad that they stood up for those things. But there isn't a time where you get to just stop standing up for things and everything goes back to normal. If people stood up and mass against the stolen elections, if people stood up and mass against the vaccine regime, if they stood up in mass against the military industrial complex and the ridiculous wars being waged around the world, including and especially Ukraine and whatever this wag the dog effort in Taiwan is, we would have a different world immediately. That's the goal. And Trump is the vehicle. If someone else presents themselves as a better option than Trump, then maybe we can consider that person. But that is highly unlikely because Trump is the only person who has consistently pointed out that our elections are stolen and that we are facing a massive problem from this global regime, both outside our country and inside our country, as that regime has infiltrated not only our government, but all of our societal institutions over decades and decades. And there's a slightly deeper binary here as well. And that's the one of simple, basic justice to ensure the rights of everyone. When it comes to voting, you cannot watch an election be stolen and then allow the regime to get away with it by removing from the picture the man it was stolen from. To do that means that you have accepted the fraud. You have accepted that they can steal elections. They can employ every system of power in the world and direct it against one man who's representing the majority of people in this country. They can do whatever they need to do to get rid of them. Fake pandemics, fake elections, fake impeachments, various coups being run to undermine and destroy and remove Donald Trump throughout the entire period since he came down the escalator. All of that can be done to remove Trump. And because people don't want to fight against that, they rationalize ways that we can actually fix this even after accepting all of that. We're going to vote someone else in in a rigged election, and that person's going to come in and fix the problems. Well, that makes no sense. And with that in mind, this little snippet was from Politico yesterday. They were reporting on a speech that Trump gave before Republican donors over the weekend. Here's what it says. Declaring that the old Republican Party is gone and it is never coming back, Trump in Nashville urged Republican donors to help put him back in the White House through electoral strategies he once decried, like robust mail-in voting and ballot harvesting. This is something I don't like that Trump is saying, but that doesn't matter. And I'll tell you why. Obviously, I don't want to employ any of the strategies that Democrats use to cheat in elections. Mail-in voting and ballot harvesting are two of the major ones. They have every step of the process controlled by them. 
from the voter registry to who gets sent ballots to who collects those ballots because they're the ones that know where the ballots are sent, including and especially the ones that don't have a real person on the receiving end. They can control once they possess those ballots, how those ballots are cast, and then they control the counting and certification process. At every step of the process, the regime controls our elections. The systems in place were set up to allow for election theft. That's why the systems are so complicated and opaque and why they don't let anyone check. There is no other justification for these systems. They don't make our elections more secure. They don't make them more efficient. We don't get better results. We don't get faster results. Nothing could be more obvious because we're still talking about this two and a half years later without a resolution to the problem that virtually everyone at this point knows exists. So how do I respond? Do I read Trump's comments and say, oh, Trump's part of the problem now. He's trying to keep their election system in place as long as it benefits him. That's what the Democrat media is going to say. That's what the rhino media is going to say. They're going to say that Donald Trump has given in to this system. Now he's admitting that there's no problem with this system before he was saying these are all the elements of the election fraud system. Now he's saying that these are all OK so long as we can win. And if you're the type of person that believes that this situation exists in isolation, there is no other context and you're the type of person who is going to receive everything in its superficial elements, you're going to take this at face value and assume that that's what Trump wants to do, then you can go ahead and assume all that. In context, it makes no sense. Trump has talked about how bad these two elements are for a significantly long time. He has woken the country up single-handedly to the reality of our stolen elections, and he does not want more stolen elections. So why is he doing this? Well, it very well could be part of a high-level negotiation that we are not privy to. There are all sorts of high-level negotiations that we are not privy to going on absolutely all the time in politics, and it's very strange to me that people will deny that. And they'll say, oh, well, you're just making excuses for him in this isolated incident. Well, maybe or maybe I'm suggesting that you as another adult with the ability to think independently, you don't have to just accept what you're told in every situation. You can have your own ideas about things. I'm asking you to consider something you know to be true, which is that in politics, High-level negotiations happen behind the scenes, and we are not privy to those negotiations. Everybody knows that to be true. So could that be an element of what Trump is talking about here? An honest person would say yes. Do we know that's what's happening? No, of course not. But you have to consider it because there is nothing in Trump's history or in his goals for the future that suggests he is committed to a ballot harvesting and mail-in ballot election scheme. That alone should clue you in to the fact that there is something else going on. How about this? Donald Trump has more information about all of these situations than any of us do, than anyone in the media does, that anyone in the Republican or Democrat establishment has. And he is also the one guiding this effort. Like it or not, he is the leader of the movement against the global regime. If he is making a decision, you can decide whether or not you trust what he's doing, but he is making a decision on a range of factors that you don't have access to. I have said for a very long time that I believe we are in a narrative layout that happens along a timeline in order to bring people to this point of awakening in a way that not only accomplishes the mission of taking back the country, but does so in a manner that doesn't cause the country to erupt in insanity and violence and ultimately destroys the country. Now, that's my belief. You don't have to share it. I would suggest that if you don't share it, you present 
your own version, your own idea about what's going on. And if your idea about what's going on is that all hope is lost, then what are you doing? You're just accepting life as a serf in this feudal global regime forever. That sounds like a really bad outcome. The outcome you would be trying as hard as possible to avoid. But that's when you embrace the full black pill and you say to everyone, if you are trying to avoid this outcome that we cannot stop, you're wasting your time. And instead, you need to do all of these other things that accept that terrible outcome. You're saying, I'm out of the battle. I am going to prepare myself for this other battle that I will eventually lose then too and very likely give up on. And you're the stupid ones for holding on to the idea that you can avoid this absolutely terrible outcome that no one should ever want to embrace, even though I am. So that view is wrongheaded to me, but if you want to believe it, okay. The thing to realize, though, is that what you're doing is pointless and there's no good outcome to it. And the fact that you are spreading those ideas to other people, encouraging them to be as hopeless as you are, well... You're doing something emotional at that point. That is not a rational position that you have that you are trying to encourage other people to believe. And that's why these people can never make any sort of coherent, reasoned argument about why their position is good. Now, if you're Trump and you have more information and you are the one guiding and executing the response to this multi-level coup by the global regime, then you have a plan. They have a plan. They tell us their plan. They implement the plan. We can see the plan working and we can see the results the plan produces. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a system. They tell us all of that. If you are trying to counteract that, it is necessarily true that if you are the leader of what's counteracting that, you have a plan. Now, your plan may be good or it may be bad, but you have a plan. You have a goal and you have steps to achieve that goal. And you also know that certain events are going to happen in the future. We are not privy to that because we don't know the plan, but there still is a plan and there are people who know what's going to happen in the future. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney in New York, he has a plan. They have a December 4th date for when Trump is supposed to show up and face the ridiculous charges on which he was indicted. Alvin Bragg has a pretty good idea of where he's going to be on December 4th, 2023. That's seven and a half months from now. Can he predict the future? Does he have special magic powers? No, he has a plan and a schedule and there's a date. It's very likely true that the date of the indictment was part of a plan as well. They used a schedule. They determined this is the right time to do it, and they did it. It wasn't an event that was spawned from the natural course of things. Oh, we finally got the evidence. Today is the day, not a day sooner, not a day later. We weren't ready. Now we are ready. Now it's go time. So they've got a plan. Donald Trump knew their plan before it happened, and he actually announced that he was going to be indicted by them. So he must have had some insight or maybe it was just a lucky guess and a simple coincidence. Now, if in your plan, you would understand that at a certain point, all of society is going to understand that our elections are stolen and they will reject the election system as it stands in full, then you can offer up as part of a negotiation things like ballot harvesting and mail-in balloting and cost yourself nothing because none of it's going to come to be. Now, do I know that's what's going to happen? Do I know that that's what's going on? No, I don't. But there's good reason to believe that and certainly better reason to consider that as a potential explanation for these statements rather than the idea that Donald Trump either just changed his mind about something major or has completely submitted to the global regime because neither of those things make any sense at all. And that's why no one actually argues for them. 
They propose these things as reasons that we should all be very mad at Trump. And then when we say, oh, yeah, that doesn't really make me mad because I don't worry about that. That is a very low level problem in our series of priorities. Our priorities are removing the regime, getting a successful landing off the collapse of the global fiat dollar, taking control of the country back for the people and restoring the integrity and security of our elections. No part of that suggests that a statement from Donald Trump to donors about election processes 18 and a half months before an election is a reason to assume that all of a sudden Donald Trump is just a plant of our enemy. If that was the case, there would be absolutely no reason for him to have done all these things to wake people up to the evils of this system to the point where they are able to resist this system and disrupt this system and eventually take this system down. If he was a tool of the system, you genuinely do have to think either Donald Trump is stupid or all his supporters are stupid or both to think that if Donald Trump somehow throws his lot in with all the globalists, we're going to know and we're going to say that it's just such a low probability outcome that it's not usually worth considering at all, much less obsessing over, much less worth the time to attempt to convince other people that you're right about this minute possibility occurrence That contradicts everything the man has done. And I'm talking about in a net effect sense, not in what he's done moment to moment and how we judge each one of his little actions. I'm talking about net effects. What is the ultimate result? The ultimate result is that tens of millions of people in this country, maybe over a hundred million people in this country have woken up to the realities of what our government is, how it's been infiltrated, what it does in our name and what it is doing to us. That didn't happen by accident. It happened as the result of a process. And the person leading that process is Donald Trump. So again, if you want to call it binary thinking, fine. All decisions ultimately come down to binary thinking on a certain decision point. One thing is more important than the other things. Or perhaps there's so many other things that that one thing is outweighed. You're still judging one thing against another thing, whether it's one thing versus one or one versus a collection of things or whatever. There's a decision point there. And at that point, that one thing on the one side becomes so important that it outweighs all the others. If the decision point is directly related to whether something helps the great awakening or the great reset then you have found the correct decision point and you are exercising the proper binary thinking along those lines. It's good to consider all the possibilities, figure out what's at the very root of that, and then decide yes or no on that thing. And you can even A-B test it. Decide yes. See how it goes. See if it makes sense. See if it produces good results. If it doesn't, then you go back and you choose the other thing from that point. And it's also worth noting, I talked a little bit about Donald Trump's role in directing or conducting the public narrative and how he has the ability to change the public narrative at a moment's notice. He can say things and entirely shift the public conversation. I also mentioned that Kanye West is someone who can do that. Elon Musk is someone who can do that. And we'll talk about Elon in a little bit. But Donald Trump is not manipulating a narrative within the Republican Democrat paradigm to give Republicans an advantage. That's not the primary focus of any of this. There is a global fifth generational war happening as we speak, and he is manipulating narratives and dealing with public sentiment on a global scale. Things he does affect things in other places, and there is coordination in that sense on what he's doing. You can believe Joe Biden is a real and legitimate president all you want. I, of course, don't and still understand that Donald Trump has more power than Joe Biden does right now. Colonel John Mills was on War Room yesterday talking about how 
the Mexican president, the Mexican government will not even take calls from the fake administration's State Department. Our next door neighbor country, their government is not taking calls from the illegitimate administration. Does that trigger any response? Do you think that that's just about Joe Biden being incompetent? It's not. It's about Joe Biden being illegitimate. World leaders do not believe that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. That is a belief held by people who cannot shake themselves free of the central narrative in our country and perhaps in other countries. I'm sure that there are citizens of countries all around the world who are equally committed to the central narrative and believe that Joe Biden is a real and legitimate president of the United States of America. And of course, there are supporters of the global regime who will go along with what they're told by the global regime. And to the extent that they've been told that Joe Biden is legitimate and got 81 million real legal American votes, they're more than happy to go along with it because they're in the party of false decorum. They're participating in the same punishment and incentive structure, and they will repeat the slogans as necessary. That does not suggest even for a second that world leaders believe Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. Every world leader knows that elections are stolen worldwide. They certainly know whether or not elections are stolen in their country. Joe Biden and the members of his fake administration can stand up all day long and declare that Joe Biden got 81 million real legal American votes. That does not suggest they actually believe it, and it certainly doesn't suggest that they can prove it. World leaders may well go along with that lie because optically they need to, or maybe for the purposes of negotiations, they need to, but they're not getting tricked. The same system that put Joe Biden in office has put other illegitimate leaders in office all around the world for a very long time. And world leaders are aware of that. There is no way in the world that Mohammed bin Salman and Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping don't know whether or not Joe Biden actually got 81 million real legal American votes. They have no doubt. Other countries do not respect Joe Biden as a leader. So what Trump is doing, the statements he's making, all of that has to take into account that bigger geopolitical reality. And instead, we're being convinced that we should focus on whether or not Ron DeSantis was marginally better than Donald Trump when it comes to a series of issues. And almost always, those issues are related to COVID. They say Ron DeSantis is marginally better than Donald Trump at the vaccines or lockdowns or this or that. They'll say that Donald Trump can't be trusted to win because not only did he lose in 2020, which is them accepting stolen elections, Trump also lost in 2018 and 2022, even though he wasn't running. He didn't get Republicans enough wins in the right way, in the right places for him to be considered a winner. Therefore, He's a loser and we can't trust him to win in this rigged system. So what we need to do is replace him with someone we can trust to win in the rigged system. And winning in the rigged system means accepting the choices of the regime, which they are explicitly encouraging by doing this. That much should be understood. And they'll say that Donald Trump chooses bad people. But Ron DeSantis chooses marginally better people. Therefore, Ron DeSantis, once again, is the right choice. Now, you would have to ignore that every wrong person Trump surrounded himself with was part of the global regime and the deep state. And these people are still supporting those people. And these people were supportive of those people in the past. They're just now using them as a cudgel to go against Donald Trump. And they're doing it while taking money from the Bushes and taking advice from Carl Rove and Paul Ryan and courting globalist mega donors. Ron DeSantis isn't even running, but somehow, either through DeSantis's doing or someone else's doing, they put together this squad of social media people to go out and disseminate the pro-Ron anti-Trump messaging, and they've been doing it for six months. Well, they have 
failed spectacularly. All of these people are just awful. They're not very smart. They're very, very bad at Twitter. And their hatred for Trump supporters comes through absolutely all the time. So if he didn't put this group together, why isn't he disavowing them? And if he did put this group together, well, there goes your claim that Donald Trump surrounds himself with bad people. Here are your examples right in front of you. The people leading the Ron movement are bad people. And I was discussing yesterday how people like Ben Shapiro, for instance, call themselves sometimes Trump. And you've got these examples among the DeSantis simp contingent like Kurt Schlichter, who spent all of 2015 and 2016 talking about how bad and stupid Donald Trump was, how bad and stupid his supporters were. They're all these big losers. And then they were able to get on Trump's page for a while while he was president. And now they're right back to the same position they were in before, hating Donald Trump, hating his supporters. The one consistent thing throughout that time was that they hated Trump supporters. So in the middle of that time, they said Trump was okay occasionally. And when they said he was okay, when they would say that he did something good, they would either claim that what he did, the good thing, was not good enough or that he did it in the wrong way or that he could have gotten more. There is always something else there. Oh, yeah, Trump did right this time. But why is he talking about it in the way he's talking about it and not in the way that we want him to talk about it? Even when Trump did good things, Trump was still doing bad things. They would take the W because it helped them in a pragmatic sense, and they would still figure out how they personally should deserve more credit for what Donald Trump did than Donald Trump does. The idea is that they have pushed him into making that decision and he didn't go far enough, not as far as they would have gone because they are more competent. They are smarter. They are tougher. They are better navigators of these situations than Donald Trump. I mean, what does Donald Trump know with all the information in the world, including military intelligence and blah, 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 compared to Daily Wire, where the real work is done? But here's the thing. They were never sometimes Trump. They would just sometimes insult Trump in more subtle ways. And the reason is because their ultimate commitment is to the uniparty right rather than the uniparty left. And the uniparty right will fight the uniparty left all the time because they both increase their own power that way. This is a better way to talk about this, by the way, than talking about the Democrat establishment or the Republican establishment. We have uniparty right and left. Those are the parties now. And there's the America first movement that is taking over the GOP or, as Trump says, has taken over the GOP. It remains to be seen how this will go when the primaries have concluded. But we have the uniparty right and left who are supporting the same global regime, they're just playing their role in that support. And underneath that global regime, of course, there are factions and the uniparty left will support one faction. The uniparty right will support another faction. They will both advance the agenda together ultimately. But one of those factions still does want to hold more power within that regime hierarchy than the other faction has. Uniparty right and uniparty left can bicker about all sorts of things, knowing that the higher level stuff is stuff they're aligned on ultimately because they're being controlled by the same people and they are benefiting from the same incentive structure. They are scared by the same punishment structure. They do not want to be exiled from the party of false decorum. They will keep their membership as long as possible. Ultimately, at the top level, their views are aligned. You go down a couple levels and the uniparty rights views and the uniparty lefts views are not as aligned. You go down far enough and you'll find out that there are a bunch of beliefs that each represents that are aligned far less. But you can take some of the major issues that it seems like they have no alignment on whatsoever, right? Like abortion. 
Democrats are for abortion all the way up to the point of birth. Sometimes after got to harvest that tissue. There are people who need it out there. There is a market for it. There is money there. We need all these abortions. Plus, we don't want the people anyway. That's not a misrepresentation of the situation, by the way. That's really it. They can talk all day long about women's rights over their bodies, and we can feel sympathy for women who are pregnant who don't want to be. But at a system level, abortion is as I described it. Now, Republicans, they call themselves pro-life, but still we see them allowing these causes to continue advancing. The Dobbs decision sent abortion back to the states, and now we have the uniparty right proposing national abortion bans, trying again to nationalize the issue of abortion. Last week declared that he has formed a presidential exploratory committee or something, and he wants a national abortion ban. Lindsey Graham came out in the middle of the election cycle last year and said he would push for a national abortion ban. Now, without ignoring election fraud, you can still understand that he was providing narrative cover for the Democrats' pro-abortion push as a means for giving narrative cover to the election results they were about to create. There was nothing helpful about Lindsey Graham bringing that up. There is no need for a national abortion ban. States can simply disallow it. I am fully confident that when the country at large understands what abortion actually is, they will recoil from it. Just as I'm certain that when they find out our elections are stolen, they're going to want to get rid of the whole system. They're not going to keep telling us why the machines are safe and secure. But here's the thing. When Donald Trump does something that aligns with the interest of the uniparty right, as he is bound to do, What these people are doing is praising him to the extent that he gets on board with their position. They don't care that he's doing something good for the country or doing something good for the people. They care that he aligns with their position because their position aligns with the regime position. And to that extent, then Donald Trump becomes useful to them in those instances. And Through that prism, it's really easy to see what their binary thinking looks like. When the regime is helped, they are happy. When the regime is not helped, they are unhappy because Donald Trump is explicitly against the regime in all its aspects, including the uniparty right, just as much as the uniparty left then they are explicitly anti-Trump. They have no problem with saying that. And rather than admitting that they are representing the views of the regime in those instances, they will say that this is what proves their objectivity because they have the position that the uniparty left opposes, but they just can't get on board with what Donald Trump is doing. The uniparty left is then providing the narrative cover for the uniparty right supporting the regime's agenda in every instance. But you can't notice that. You can't call them out on it because they'll say, you're the cult member. You're the biased one. How can you say that I am supporting the regime in every instance when I am arguing against the uniparty left? Most of the time, can't everybody see it? We're all arguing against these people who are ruining everything. That means I'm the one working on a consistent set of principles and all of you are just making emotional decisions over there in crazy town. Well, nope, it's just binary thinking. Your interests are at all times aligned with the regime. Our interests are not. There will be no time where we will compromise with you. You can say... Good job. You guys did something that aligns with our interests. And we'll say, okay, congratulations for being slightly less sold out than I thought you were. But they still must be understood as opposition the entire time. Now, is it because they're stupid? Is it because they're evil? Maybe they've just missed something and it's all innocent. I doubt that's true. If I find out I'm wrong about that, or if I find out, by the way, that these people are running a very high level narrative operation, 
I will owe them an apology and I'll be more than happy to give it. In fact, I'll invite them on my show so that I can apologize to them personally. And then we can have a conversation about all these things that I missed and they can tell me what they were thinking the entire time. And I would love to have that conversation. I think it would be very instructive and very entertaining for everybody. But I don't anticipate that happening because I can consistently see their agenda lining up with the global regime's agenda at every point. And I can watch them responding to the social incentives that lead them to their positions. Again, my binary is about the big picture, this fifth generational world war and what I believe gives us the best chance to win that and win narrative battles within it. Their binary is the opposite side of that. They support the regime and then figure out how to look a certain way while doing it. And if I'm wrong about this, if I'm wrong about my binary, how was I right about so many things they are still wrong about and denying or have admitted they were wrong about and blamed on someone else? Masks, lockdowns. George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, the summer of love, mail-in balloting, the vaccines, the stolen election, the insurrection. You can go on and on and on all the way up to the Ukraine war and how they're still talking about election fraud now. I've been right on all of those. Those are some of the most critical issues that have come up in the last three years. And not just me, by the way, plenty of people in our community, people who are actively involved in trying to promote the great awakening as a response to the oppression of this regime in all its aspects. We've been right at every one of these critical junctures and all of these had actual human lives on the line or the stake of our country on the line. And we've been right and they've been wrong. They've been wrong in the direction of the regime every single time. Do we really need to pretend it's an accident? Do we really need to pretend this is an innocent misunderstanding? They just weren't able to catch up in time. Now, I'm not saying we should never forgive these people if they admit they were wrong and ask for forgiveness. I'm not saying anything like that. I don't hate these people. I'm sad for them to whatever extent they genuinely haven't woken up. But until that point comes, they are on the side of the regime and I'm going to treat them as such, especially if they have big platforms and they are trying to influence this situation in a way that is counter to what we actually need to do. We are talking about people whose opinions about Trump and Trump supporters have exactly matched the uniparty left for the entire time. The only time it doesn't is while Trump was in office and he was doing something that may align with their faction's agenda underneath the global regime, but they still fought for regime positions in every single circumstance. They were not sometimes supportive of Trump. They were simply recognizing when interests aligned because not doing so would expose them completely. Not that they haven't been. Conversely, Members of the uniparty right will seem like they are aligned with our interests on certain issues, like, for instance, the trans stuff or the gun stuff. But even that is only in their messaging. It's not real because if it was real, then they would want to take down the regime that supports abortion and tries to remove gun rights. They support the Republican-Democrat paradigm, the uniparty right versus the uniparty left. They support the rhinos within the uniparty right. People like John Cornyn, who last year bragged on the Senate floor about coming to a bipartisan agreement for their gun control measures. They decided we need to do something because the uniparty left said we needed to do something. They agreed with the premise of the left. They did something. And they're still telling us that in the meantime, they are firmly committed to protecting Second Amendment rights. They do the same thing with the woke stuff in schools. We need Ron DeSantis because he's the best one at handling the wokeness, except he's not. And Donald Trump did that while he was in office. And Donald Trump is the one who is most vocally opposed to all of that stuff. He's the one that's shown the light on it. 
so everyone could see what it is. That's not the Daily Wire that did that. It's not Ron DeSantis that did that. And all of these problems would be fixed through fixing elections because the people would never vote in candidates who do all this crazy gender stuff and want to take guns and want to support abortion. None of these are majority issues, but they'll go hard after them, the members of the Uniparty right, and they will convince us that their interests are aligned with our interests and therefore our interests should be compromised when necessary to go along with their interests because they do it for us too. It's not hard to see how silly this is. Our politics have devolved to this. The Uniparty left says, we want to do terrible things, but we're going to be really bad at doing them and we're going to require a lot more power if we need to do them. And the Uniparty right says, we're going to allow the Uniparty left to do terrible things and we're going to take credit for why they're so bad at doing them. And they go out and tell people, if you want us to stop the Uniparty left from doing all these terrible things, you're going to need to give us more power and money because we're what's preventing them from doing these terrible things well. But that's not true. Because over time, we see the left gain ground on all of these issues year after year, decade after decade. And the people who have allowed it the entire time want more power and money from us because they're the ones saying they can't be stopped without us. They tell you they're the only option. You're going to have to give them your money and your power. No matter how incompetent they are, no matter how dishonest they are, and no matter how obviously faithless they are in the future of this country, as it was designed by our founders, you cannot ignore and deny election fraud and still ask for more power and tell everybody that you'll fix the problem once you get it. It's no different than the uniparty left talking about climate change hanging it over everyone's heads and saying the whole world is going to end unless you give us more money and power. We're going to stop it, but we're not going to stop it until you do that. We're going to do it only as a favor to you once you've given us all your money and power, and we're not going to do it well. We're not going to do it well enough to stop it. And so we're eventually going to need more of your money and power in the future. Works the same, both sides of the uniparty. They understand now that people see it. Donald Trump showed that to people. That's why they hate Trump. Every institution of power in this world is lined up against Donald Trump. He is the avatar for the people's movement, the sovereign individuals of sovereign nations who want to keep it that way. The regime hates all of it. This is a hate movement, and we're better off recognizing it as quickly as possible. Now, to the election fraud question, Donald Trump had a couple of really interesting truth posts yesterday. He's talking about the case between Dominion and Fox News. Fox News covered election fraud very mildly in the days and weeks after Fox helped in cementing the narrative that Joe Biden really did get 81 million real legal American votes. Dominion sued Fox for defamation because some of the hosts lightly covered the problems with Dominion machines in the election. Now, some of the discovery came out a couple of months ago. The media focused only on text messages from Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, that they claim display the Fox News hosts knew that they were hosting election liars on their shows and spreading election lies. And they are responsible for this. Dominion has been hurt in the process. Therefore, it's defamation. They had these liars on knowingly. And so Dominion gets to sue them. Well, less talked about in that discovery was admission by Dominion that their machines did not work, could switch votes. There was no transparency and no one was allowed to see the code. All of that was totally ignored. So where are we right now? 
Well, there is talk that Rupert Murdoch wants to settle this case in the last minutes so that we don't reach the point of getting a decision from the courts. They'll just create a financial settlement and it all goes away. Now, the public narrative is going to be that Murdoch wants to do that because he's worried about being on the hook for $1.6 billion that he's going to owe Dominion as a result of Fox News hosts telling the big lie on television. Now, I obviously don't know what's going to happen in that court case. Our courts are highly infiltrated. We've seen tons of terrible decisions. There is no reason to believe that these decisions are legitimate anywhere. But when you view Rupert Murdoch not as the owner of Fox who would owe Dominion $1.6 billion, but as a prominent member of the global regime and the owner of one of the global regime's key propaganda mouthpieces, then you understand that Rupert Murdoch doesn't want to see the regime's system brought down. He doesn't want the system of election fraud exposed. I would suggest that in this case, Rupert Murdoch wants to settle so that the rest of it doesn't come out. Just ended at this point. People believe what they were told by the television that all of it is a lie because Tucker and Laura and Sean said so in text messages that appeared in Discovery, and they want to ignore everything that appeared in Discovery about Dominion. If this case is settled without a decision, that story gets cemented. And I would argue that whatever sum of regime bucks Rupert Murdoch has to cycle back into another part of the regime to make this go away from that perspective is well worth it. And I would suspect that that's what we're seeing. Here's what Donald Trump has to say. If Fox would finally admit that there was large scale cheating and irregularities in the 2020 presidential election, which would be a good thing for them and for America, the case against them, which should not have existed at all, would be greatly weakened. Buck up those patriots at Fox instead of throwing them under the bus. And they are right. There is so much proof like mass ballot stuffing caught on government cameras, FBI colluding with Twitter and Facebook state legislatures not used, etc. He went on. Fox News is in big trouble if they do not expose the truth on cheating in the 2020 election. They should do what's right for America. When Rupert Murdoch says that there was no cheating in light of the massive proof that was there, it is ridiculous and very harmful to the Fox case. Perhaps he should say that he just didn't know. But that is hard to believe. Rupert, just tell the truth and good things will happen. The election of 2020 was rigged and stolen. You know it. So does everyone else. So bearing in mind what I just said about what I think's happening here with this Rupert Murdoch settlement offer, what does it sound like Donald Trump is doing? Is he just spouting off on Truth Social and trying to claim that the big lie is true and going after Rupert Murdoch? Or is he offering up an option to Rupert Murdoch and saying, hey, all you have to do is admit that, you know, there's evidence about the election fraud and that nothing presented on Fox News was in any way defamatory of Dominion because there is a factual record there. There is no way to prove that any of those Fox News hosts were acting with actual malice in their statements. And if you do that, the public is going to know about the reality of election fraud and that none of it is a lie. All you have to do is see this case through to the end. It's almost over. We can get a decision on the case. That decision will incorporate the discovery. And at that point, the whole charade will end. You'll save yourself however much money you're planning on spending on this settlement. And America can begin to pick up the pieces of its broken election system. On the other hand, if you go through with this settlement and allow the narrative to proliferate that Fox News and its hosts knew they were telling the big lie and they were defaming 
Dominion voting systems by allowing claims to be repeated on their air, knowing those claims to be false, then you are embracing a whole new world of trouble in doing so. Because the underlying reality is that our elections are stolen and there is a system designed to steal them. And whether or not the hosts on Fox News, the producers of Fox News and Rupert Murdoch himself believe that our elections are stolen has absolutely no bearing on the factual claim that our elections are stolen. People's opinions about that don't matter at all. All that matters is the underlying reality, and that underlying reality has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. It does not matter at all that the central narrative has not incorporated those facts as being true and told the public. The public has an ability to find these things out for themselves. People haven't chosen to go and do that for a number of reasons. Some of them are busy. Some of them are scared of the system. Some of them just want to get by in life and they figure it's easier to go along in order to get along. But none of that changes the underlying reality. And that underlying reality is not going away. Donald Trump knows that better than anyone because, again, he is the one directing this plan. Now, I said we were going to talk about Elon later. I think I'm going to hold off on that till tomorrow. Tucker Carlson has another couple of segments with Elon Musk on his show tonight. And so I'll do those as part of the entire thing tomorrow. So let's end on this. This is from Kyle Becker on Substack. Elections officials suddenly quits over values clash as Texas investigates mail-in ballots disaster. Heider Garcia, the elections administrator for Tarrant County, Texas, has submitted his resignation to Tarrant County Judge Tim O'Hare, effective June 23, 2023. Garcia's decision comes ahead of the May 6th joint elections in Tarrant County. He expressed his reasons for resigning in a letter addressed to newly elected County Judge O'Hare and Tarrant County Administrator G.K. Manius. And Becker includes the letter from Hyder Garcia. Here it is. Please accept this letter as my formal resignation from the position of Elections Administrator for Tarrant County. My last day with the county will be June 23rd, 2023. This will allow sufficient time to complete all work related to the May 6th joint elections, any potential runoff elections in June, and a smooth handover of the operation. It will be my utmost priority to guarantee operational continuity of the department before my departure. GK, thank you for your leadership, your support, and your guidance in my time here. You believed in me and provided me all the tools I needed to do my job. I say to you what I said to Judge Glenn Whitley when we canvassed the November 2022 election. Thank you for your leadership and for just letting elections officials do their job and stay out of politics. That means the world to us. When leadership respects the team's values and shows trust, members of the team become the best version of themselves. You know this. Judge Whitley knew it. And because of that, I leave Tarrant County a better man and a better professional. Thank you, GK. Judge O'Hare, my formula to, quote, administer a quality, transparent election, end quote, stands on respect and zero politics. Compromising on these values is not an option for me. You made it clear in our last meeting that your formula is different. Thus, my decision to leave. I wish you the best. Tarrant County deserves that you find success. So Heider Garcia, who has become maybe not a national name, but a widely known name within the election integrity movement for being utterly corrupt, has a problem with this new judge and he's leaving because of it. Very interesting indeed. Garcia's resignation comes after Tarrant County faced significant issues with processing mail-in ballots during the 2020 election. Over 20,000 out of the estimated 60,000 mail-in ballots 
had problems being read by the tabulators, causing delays and concerns about the accuracy of the results. It was revealed that the mail-in ballots used in Tarrant County were printed by Runbeck Printing in Arizona, the same company that printed the ballots for Maricopa County's 2020 and 2022 elections, which also faced printing issues. The former Smartmatic executive was hired in 2018 by Tarrant County and presided over the 2020 general election in Tarrant County. The county voted for a Democrat president for the first time in 56 years. Isn't it amazing? Garcia's departure raises questions about the future of election administration in Tarrant County and the steps that will be taken to address the challenges faced in recent elections. The issue of transparency and the handling of mail-in ballots are likely to be areas of focus as the county moves forward with their upcoming elections. After the 2022 midterm election, the relationship between Republican state leaders in Texas and election officials in Democratic-leading Harris County, which includes the city of Houston, has reached a boiling point. Republicans are accusing Harris County officials of election improprieties that led to delayed polling site openings, paper ballot shortages, and staffing issues on election day, among other allegations. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg announced in November that she was mandated to open an investigation into the county's midterm election following requests from Republican Governor Greg Abbott and the Texas Secretary of State's office. In a letter dated November 14th, the Secretary of State's office informed Og that it was seeking to review, quote, possible unlawful conduct regarding the handling of blank paper ballots, end quote, during the election. State officials claim that their preliminary investigation, based on interviews with election judges, found that the county may have violated at least two sections of the Texas election code. State officials have declined to answer questions about potential criminal charges against Harris County, citing the ongoing nature of the probe. The Secretary of State's office also stated that it had dispatched staff to Harris County on Election Day to help resolve any issues. It is amid this heightened scrutiny of elections in the state of Texas that Garcia resigns. Now, it's worth noting that Smartmatic, the company that Hyder Garcia used to work for, Smartmatic, the company that goes all the way back in its roots to Venezuela, the company that makes election fraud machines, and Dominion, the other company that makes election fraud machines using virtually the same system, are both on the board of CISA and were both involved in the letter, the drafting of the letter that said our elections were the most safe and secure in history. Anyone who has looked into the issues of election fraud machines, Dominion, Smartmatic, and all these other companies knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that these machines are vulnerable to hacking and other manipulation. Some of it is coded in. Some of it is introduced during the process with the little USB sticks. They are also networked internally and externally, even though they claim that's not possible. It is possible. It has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Experts, world-renowned experts on this stuff say the very, very same things. No one that appeared on Fox News misstated the claims about Dominion. The claims are real. They are valid. They are worth being addressed. But Rupert Murdoch wants to settle. Why? He knows he can win. The media has projected that he is destined to lose because of the big lie and because these text messages show they were lying. And his settlement will cement that narrative and help to keep the election fraud system in place for a time. So we'll see how it goes. But none of it changes the underlying reality. And this is a perfect example of people and organizations being totally willing to portray interests aligned with MAGA, as Fox News often does, when their ultimate interests clearly lie only in the preservation of the regime. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. 
If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at imyourmoderator.substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month comes out to under a quarter per episode and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. And I'll see you soon out on the range. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel-couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'mYourModerator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon, down on the range. It's hot!